Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Now, I am not reintroducing the idea of purgatory. But on the other hand, I do believe the baby was thrown out with the bathwater. With that came a belief. When you die, you're instantaneously and magically made perfect. The soul of someone who dies immediately goes into eternity. There is no place where you make up for your sins. There is no purgatory. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome. This is Wretched Radio, and I know you're probably having a tough time realizing at the moment that this is not Todd Friel. No, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which can only mean Todd is out on campus at Kennesaw State University today for Witness Wednesday. And now we waste zero time because we're going to check in with him right now. Todd, you need to be doing this. Well, not actually this, but you could be doing this. This young man's name is Drew, correct? Correct. And you are from? Calhoun, Georgia. I was thinking the organization that you're here representing. Kennesaw State uh, Wesley Foundation. So you're, uh, you'd be a Methodist. We would be. Yeah, we're a Methodist foundation here. And dude, you're out here doing something that I wish more Christians would do. And this is really super clever. So this Methodist has a card that says, hey there, we're KSU Wesley. We're a Christian campus ministry and we'd love to get to know you better. And then it has the information for how you can connect with them on campus with a sucker. So this is this is how difficult evangelism could be for you at a campus. Hey, want a sucker? And they take it and you've given them some information. Dude, I think this is brilliant. I love this. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've yeah. been doing this for years now. Uh, we're actually <laughs> we've tried to reach out to blow pops and get sponsored by them. They actually viewed our story the other day. We were pretty proud of that. Yeah. But yeah, we just, you know, come out and sometimes we can just sit here and, you know, let people come by and they approach us as we can. And then sometimes between a class change like is going on right now, we have people standing across the way kind of in a pincer maneuver, just yeah, handing yeah. them out. Yes, yeah. Here's, here's what I'd like people to do. I, this is a booklet. It's called The God Puzzle. Can we know with certainty God exists? Bake cookies. Have your church bake cookies like the night before or even that morning. Put them in a baggie so people don't freak out and just put the cookie on top of this and say, here, want a cookie? And you give them the gospel. Huh? Huh? All right. Now I want to talk to you about being a Methodist. All right. What are the theological distinctives of Methodism? I don't think you're going to like this answer because I didn't grow up Methodist. I grew up Southern Baptist. And so I have gotten into this ministry uh, with this foundation. And we are under the umbrella of like the Methodist Church and we work with the United Methodist Commission. Um, But like it's not something where you have to be a Methodist to be a part of ours. And so I, are you still a Southern Baptist? I would say currently in my walk, I'm, I identify as like non-denominational, maybe. Yeah. Probably just non-denominational, but yeah, I grew up, you know, like from a small child, just always in a Southern Baptist church. All right. Then you should be able to answer some of these questions for me. All right. If I approached this table and I said, I'm not really interested in the blow pop, by the way, were you just asking them for free suckers? Is that what you were trying to do? You know, free suckers, like some merch, you know, if like I I would like we were looking at our thing here and there's a perfect spot underneath for a blow pops logo, you know, just a little bit of a partnership. Little advertising, 
quid pro quo. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I approach this table and I say, look, I don't really like blow pops. I don't care about that. But I do know that you guys are Christians and I'm interested in the Christian faith. Drew, what must I do to become a Christian? Hmm? Well, my first intellection is just belief. That is the start and stop of being a Christian. It is strictly based on belief, not works, not anything else. It is belief that Jesus came and died for our sins to bring us in relationship with God. And it's through that belief that he paid the price that we have relationship with God, that we become connected with God. And that is the only thing. So that's, that's very Protestant. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. There's a there's a dispute right next to you here. They're Roman Catholic. What do they teach about being a Christian? How does one become a Christian as a Roman Catholic? Do you know? I assume it's a lot of the same stuff. And then you have, I don't think, I don't know. I've never been a Roman Catholic. I've never been Catholic. Um, but I've just always assumed it's kind of the same stuff. Just they do confession. They do rosemaries. They do Hail Marys. Um, but I don't think that they believe that that applies to like specifically salvation. It's just something, it is a product of salvation, not a preliminary to salvation. Actually, I think it is a part of salvation that you have to do all of those things to be saved. See, you believe in sola fide, faith alone. You kept saying faith is the start and stop. And I like that phrase. Faith is the start and stop. Do you mind if I keep pointing at you with the blow pop? You like blow pop, so you're getting it. I, I already did. End, I already. <laughs> yeah. You can do it with your hand, just not the blow pop. I don't want it. I got to go somewhere after this. I don't want to be sticky showing up. Wait, who would? All right. So they would. They would say that it is not faith alone. In fact, in 1545, it was actually between 1545 and 1548, there was something called the Council of Trent. It was a Roman Catholic conference in response to the Protestant Reformation that was going on in Germany and then later in England with John Wesley. And of course, way back to John the Baptist for you Southern Baptists, right? Okay, so they said, if you believe in faith alone, you're anathema, you're damned. So that display over there would actually say about you you're damned for believing in faith alone. Which one of you is correct? I mean, from what I have read in the Bible, I do not see any evidence that points towards it's anything outside of Jesus. It is, yeah, there's nothing like you can either add or subtract from the good news like there. And so from my personal opinion, I have not seen any evidence that supports that it is anything outside of faith in Jesus. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And one of the reasons, among many others, would be a Bible verse, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Are you familiar with this verse? It maybe made you memorize this at pizza party when you were in youth group. I'm sure if you like read it, I would like recognize I'm so, so bad with like locations of verses. I know gists of verses, but if you ask me where a verse comes from, there's very unlikely that I will know. So here it is. By grace, are you saved through faith? 
and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. See, that would kind of put a stake into the idea of work in your way to be forgiven and made righteous because that would rob God of his glory. And that's why he made the place to receive all the glory. And if you and I can do stuff to get there, then it robs him of his glory. And he's not down with that. That's the hip lingo you kids use these days. All right. All right. So cool. So here's my question for you then. Do you know what postmodernism is? I'm assuming when you say postmodernism, you're getting into like Calvinism versus like reformed thinking. This is a philosophical system, not a theological system. Okay. Then I do not. Let's see if you're a postmodern. All right. You believe in faith alone. He believes in faith plus works. Totally different beliefs. Are either of you wrong? I mean you're kind of in a conundrum like both people can't be right if there is an absolute truth then i mean <laughs> then you can't those are two opposing ideas so i assume one is right you're not a postmodern yeah Postmodern, probably the majority of folks on the campus, they believe in something opposite of absolute truth, believe in personal truth, not relative truth, personal truth. So whatever my truth is, that's what's true for me. You can believe something totally different and you're right, too, because truth is personal. That's basically postmodernism in a nutshell. You reject that. That's you're. You're odd in that regard. Well, so your so your parents done good. Yeah. All right. So the last question that I would have for you, your view, your view of the Bible. What do you believe about that book? I believe that it is God's inspired word that it was given to man so that we could further understand God's character and grow closer to him through that. It's pretty good. Most Christians don't answer it that way. Well done. Seriously, well done. And thanks for the blow pop. Well, that was encouraging. I do think that was a good example that evangelism doesn't need to have a denominational attachment. All right, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I, I get that there are differences in denominations, and sometimes those differences are essential. But in a lot of cases, they're not essential. And I think we can find ourselves being witnesses for our denomination more so than we're witnesses for Christ. I'm not saying people aren't sharing the gospel, but I think we can spend more time a lot of times pushing things that aren't vital to salvation because we want the person we're talking to, of course, to be saved. But honestly, we want them to be saved and a Baptist. Look, there's plenty of time for that kind of thing, especially if the person you're sharing with is somebody that you're going to wind up walking with afterwards. But in encounters like this on the college campus, and it's someone that you might not ever see again, don't muddy the conversation with your preferences. Remember, the gospel is the only thing that is the power of God unto salvation. So stick with it. Okay, we're just getting started today on Witness Wednesday. More encounters straight ahead. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare? 
Affordable Biblical Health Sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. I want to share with you voicemails we receive nearly daily here at Wretched. Wretched Radio, it just really impacted my life. Just really brought me closer to God. Do your video, God save me. Wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have NRB and Wretched TV. Just wanted to say that Wretched has changed my life. We are grateful to hear the testimonies of our listeners and our viewers, and we want you to also hear the lives that are being impacted by you, our gospel partners. These testimonies aren't about Todd. They're not about Wretched Radio or TV. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do at Wretched without the support of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider becoming a gospel partner today if you aren't already? Help us to reach the lost all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ because ultimately the glory is all His. It's not Wretched's. It's not even yours. But it is your efforts that help make our efforts possible. And all of those efforts are to the praise and glory of God alone. Get complete details right now at Wretched.org slash donate uh-huh and you didn't think it was worth your time to pay attention in geography class i'm thinking about a village that we visited called pirismani it took us about four hours to get there and the road was so bumpy that we were a couple of basket cases by the time we got there but you know what there were 35 kids waiting there for us they have no church in this village Talk about an unreached place, and we're now operating a Tomorrow Club in that place. You and I could not find that place on a map of Eastern Europe, but Tomorrow Clubs do, and they go, and they bring the gospel, and kids are getting saved. They're bringing the gospel home to parents, and churches are being started or revitalized. Would you please consider supporting your own Tomorrow Clubs? $30 per month will disciple 30 kids in places you and I couldn't even find on a map. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. Deuteronomy means second law. As the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land after wandering 40 years, God reminds them of how he rescued them from Egypt what he commands in his law, and the blessings and curses that come with keeping or breaking his law. God is faithful to provide the inheritance he has promised to his children. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio as Todd and team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University. And we just heard Todd speaking with Drew, a non-denominational former Southern Baptist working with a Methodist organization. And I said just then going into the break that sometimes we can let our denominational preferences muddy our evangelism efforts. And I believe that. I think that's true. I think that happens not to all of us, not all of the time, but it does happen occasionally. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But if you find yourself with questions and you need some tips and some advice on maybe keeping the conversation going and staying focused on the gospel, I would recommend to you Terrified 2. 
Terrifying 2. It's available in the Wretched store right now as a DVD or a digital download. In evangelism, sometimes it can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With Terrified 2, Todd will help you learn to use the tools that maybe you already have and possess, but you don't even realize it. It's available in the Wretched store right now at wretched.org. All right, now let's get back to the campus at Kennesaw State University and listen in. Todd? Five minutes. This gentleman has given me five minutes, so I'm going to go really fast. Okay, Braden? All right. This book is about agnosticism. Do you know what an agnostic is? Don't. It means somebody who doesn't believe in either no God or a God. They're kind of in the middle. I'm not an atheist, but I'm not a theist either. That's what an agnostic is. Are you an agnostic? Uh, I'm not. What are you? Christian. If I sat down on this bench and I said, Brayden, I'm going to a very important class, so now I only have four minutes. Persuade me to become a Christian. Go. Uh, well, Christianity, we, we're all, uh, we, like, we like to promote uh, positivity. Uh, and we, overall, we, we, want, we want you to uh, become a Christian just to do better things uh, and, and kind of just unite as one uh, to create better uh, environments for people. So if I said to you, Brayden, I'm kind of positive. I read Zig Ziglar, pretty happy. And I get together with a group of folks and we try to do good things. I don't think I need Christianity. What would you say next? I would say, I mean, that's okay. That's your choice, right? Um, we like to believe that we can ma- create better opportunities for people. Um, and, and we would like you to, to come join us and ha- create opportunities for other people. Let's say we roll reversed. And you came to me and you said, hey, I've got a class now in three minutes. I'm thinking about becoming a Christian. Why should I do that? This is how I would answer you. I would ask you, Braden, would you consider yourself to be a good person? I, I would. May I test that for just a moment? Of course. I'm going to open up something called the Ten Commandments. Right? It's the law of God. It's the standard by which you and I will be judged. And God is going to make the verdict of whether we're good people or bad people. So has God always been first in your life? Um, not always first, but he's, he's been up there. Have you ever dishonored your parents by being naughty? have. Ever lied? Yes. Stolen anything? Mm, Probably. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, look at a woman with lust, and you've committed adultery in your heart. In other words, God goes deeper than what we do with our hands. It's what we do with our minds. Ever looked at a woman with lust? I have. So here's what we just concluded. In brief, you confess to me that you are a blasphemer and an adulterer at heart. And you are a lying, thieving man who doesn't put God first all the time. Fair enough? It's fair accusation. Wouldn't that make you a bad person? By, by the term of the, the Ten Commandments, probably. More than that, wouldn't it make you a guilty person? Most likely. So how old are you, Brayden? I'm 19. Okay, so you're a young man, so you probably don't think a lot about death, do you? No, not, not very often. But it does happen to 19-year-olds, and someday it's going to happen. The sand in your hourglass is going to run out. You'll be called before the judgment seat of God himself who opens up the books on your life. Would he declare you to be innocent or guilty? I would say innocent because uh, I've done some pretty good things for the community um, that, that would overcome the, uh, the sins I've committed. Let me reason with you. Let's just say you got busted for breaking laws here. All right. 
and they bring into court, the books are open, they've got all the evidence, you're guilty. And you say, but your honor, I've done some good things for the community. What's he going to say in response? Uh, I mean, there might, there might be some negotiation going on, you know, but, uh, overall I would probably caught with something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause doing something good doesn't overturn the bad or make up for like some sort of scale system yeah. where, you know, you're, you're beat up your little brother, but you're nice to the neighbor kids three times in a week, you yeah. know, it just doesn't work that way. Okay. So you're guilty. God slams the gavel. Is he going to send you to heaven or to hell? Me personally, I think heaven, but on paper, probably hell. What's the difference? Um, I mean, from from what I believe that I've done uh, as a person, I, I believe I, I would be sent to heaven. Yeah, but we just kind of walked through doing good stuff doesn't make you not guilty, right? Right. But I, I feel like uh, with Christianity, um, it, it is that balanced system. Right. So you think that your good deeds have outweighed your bad deeds. Correct. How do you know? Yeah, I I think there's no way to really tell. Yeah. And that should be a little disconcerting. So, for instance, lust. You look at a woman, you lust. Mm -hmm. What do you need to do to wipe that one clean? I mean, like specifically just wipe lust clean? Pick your sin. Lying, cheating, whatever. Uh, well, I feel if you, if you do something really positive to someone's life, like I say someone, I know it might get dark, but if someone's like thinking about ending their life right over, over something and you, and you save them from that, right. uh, I feel like that would overturn the verdict on that. Okay. But you don't know for sure. No. I mean, but do you ever know anything for sure? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Like that statement. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So I would then plead with you to think this through very, very carefully, because here's what I think we've got. We've got the books open on Braden's life mm-hmm. and it says guilty. And I know why you're wrestling with that, because you know what the consequences and what happens to guilty. And you don't want that. And I don't want that either. But there's just a bit of a problem here. You're guilty. And if God is righteous and holy and just, he's got to punish criminals. He's got to. Otherwise, he's a corrupt judge. But the Bible says he's rich in mercy Mm -hmm. and he loves saving sinners. But do you feel the tension there? He's got he's got to punish guilty criminals, but he'd like to forgive them. But if he just lets them go, then he's not just. And if he just damns them, then he's not loving. So the Bible says that God is both rich in mercy and just. Mm What is God's plan to keep those two truths in harmony so that you can be forgiven and set free? That's a that's a tough question. It's a tough question to ask. Uh, I, I would, no, I don't really have a good answer for that one. Yeah. That, that one's all right. I bet you, I bet you maybe have an inkling. So let me just see if I can maybe rekindle some yeah. some memories. God's plan for the planet. Mm-hmm was to be seen as being unbelievably kind and merciful because he is. So he created a world, put a couple of people in it Mm -hmm. who sinned and you and I feel that effect and we join them in their crimes. We willingly lie, we steal, we lust, we cheat, we get angry with people. We're guilty criminals, but God is rich in mercy and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, 
who lived a perfect life, never, never broke a commandment, always honored his parents, never shaded the truth, never looked at anything filthy on a computer screen, always righteous. And then he marched to a cross, not as a victim, but as a volunteer, because he was doing something judicial. He was satisfying the wrath of God for sinners like you and me. So Jesus Christ can buy you back with his goodness. You've broken God's laws. Jesus paid your fine. Therefore, you can be forgiven so God can show himself to be loving and just because he poured out his justice on Jesus on your behalf. That's God's plan to reconcile and to harmonize those two tensions. But now the question for you, Brayden, is if everything I was just saying is true, where does that leave you today on this bench? I mean, I, I feel like what he's done uh, for all of us is, is pays those debts off, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it allows uh, God to, to forgive us for our sins. Uh, right. and, and that way we could be free in, yeah. in that sense. Well, it's one that, that's good to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But here, listen to what Jesus said. Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. So if you're not whatever that is, you're not going to heaven. So, Brain, what do you think it means to be born again? To be born again, I mean, not in a, in a literal sense, like standpoint, right? I, I agree, because um, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. And impossible. Impossible, per se. But um, to be born again means uh, that, that you will live uh, beyond our lives in these bodies. Uh, we'll, we'll live up above uh, as, as spirits uh, in it to do greater things. And break. That's what we have to take right now is a break. And when we come back, we'll continue with Todd and Braden chatting about what it means to be born again. Stay with us. More Witness Wednesday is on the way. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, today's newscast seems to be mostly abortion-related news. We start with news that the Biden administration has launched a reproductive health care task force with the goal of advancing baby murder across the country. In an announcement about the move, Department of Healthcare and Human Services head Xavier Becerra said to baby murder doctors and clinics, quote, we have your back. <laughs> I wish someone would have the backs of the innocent babies that are slaughtered daily for no reason at all. And this one hits a little bit close to home for me. In Memphis, Tennessee, the Shelby County Commission has granted $25,000 to the Baby Murder Clinic Choices so they can build a playground for kids. What a novel idea. I mean, the kids that weren't murdered and allowed to live need something to do while their moms are off murdering their would-be siblings. (laughs) Good job, Memphis. Lawmakers in the state of Minnesota have introduced SR-8. It's a bill similar to the Texas Heartbeat Act. The bill also intends to ban abortion across the state once a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which is about six weeks of pregnancy. Republican Representative Tim Miller introduced the bill, but he did say that he doesn't anticipate the bill passing the Democratic-controlled House or governor. Trying to do all you can with what you have available to you is much better than sitting on your hands wishing things were different. And quite possibly, Possibly by now you heard about the big mistake, that's what we'll call it, that Whoopi Goldberg made yesterday on The View. She made some comments that were not taken very well at all. She said, quote, the Holocaust isn't about race. Nope, it's not about race. 
As you can imagine, people around the country did not take that very well. Even her own co-hosts on The View didn't take it very well. And as a result, even though she's apologized, ABC has suspended her for the time being. And some are saying that her apology wasn't even an apology. I'll let you be the judge of that. But in case you're worried about Whoopi, because she tends to think the way she does politically, things will likely blow over soon. Imagine that an adult male uh, wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. A very standard, very widely held view that there's something deeply wrong about this. It's not obvious to me that it is in fact wrong. I think this is a mistake. Yeah, you heard that correctly. A professor, and I put that in air quotes, you can't see it though, but a professor says that it's not obviously wrong to him that an adult desires to have sex with the minor. The attempts in this country to make this an acceptable practice grow more and more each day. Either you have people wanting to murder babies before they're born, or they want the practice of having sex with minors to be accepted. Evil and demonic behavior such as this continues to grow more and more every single day. It's no longer a strange occurrence to hear someone say this. It's starting to become more commonplace. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence that God is working in us. Every believer will evidence this fruit. But it is important to remember that bearing fruit is a consequence of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. God is working in us and through us, and He is a source of this fruit, not us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University, and we've been listening to Todd chat with Braden. When we took a break just a moment ago, Braden just explained his understanding of what it means to be born again. So let's jump back into that chat and see how Todd will respond to Braden's answer. To be born again, I mean, not in a, in a literal sen- like standpoint, right? I, I agree, because um, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. And impossible. Impossible, per se. But um, to be born again means uh, that, that you will live uh, beyond our lives in these bodies. Uh, we'll, we'll live up above uh, as, as spirits uh, in it to do greater things. I think it maybe goes back a little further. To be born again means something has to die. Then you can be born again. Otherwise, you can't be born, born. You are just born again if you're dead. And the Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sin. In other words, you and I have no excuse. We've got no way to get out of the courtroom scot-free. And when you realize that, that you're actually not a good person, but that your life has been filled with rebellion against God, willful rebellion against God, doing the things that you know you shouldn't do, not doing the things that you know you should. And you basically, if you will, figuratively die to yourself. God, I agree with you. I'm not good. I'm bad. I'm wretched. And I need your mercy. So I'm throwing myself at your feet, begging for mercy because of what Jesus did for me. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ. And God says, you're born again. You're forgiven. He will not cast you out. Nobody can snatch you from his very strong hand. You will become an heir of eternal life. You will be a child of God adopted into his family. That's what happens when one is born again. So this is the big question. Braden, are you born again? 
I mean, I, I, I believe I will be born again. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, it, it, to, to, uh, to kind of just say, Hey, this is what all I've done kind of confessed, right? Um, that, that confession, I feel, I feel like would be good enough to be born again. Well, that, you know what, it, it, you should confess your, your sins to God, but it's also putting your trust in him, re- acknowledging he's my maker. I'm the rebel, but he died to save me. I'm going to put my trust in him. Like I put my trust in a parachute to live if a plane were crashing. That's what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not just, yeah, that kind of works or I like it, or it's a good moral system or it helps foster community. No, it's, it's my salvation. It's my everything. That's what a wholehearted belief in Christ is. So Brayden, if somebody is born again, it's a pretty big deal. They go from thinking they're good to knowing, uh, uh-uh, I'm bad and acknowledging that Jesus Christ is their Lord. Have you done that? I would say no, I, have, I haven't done that. It's honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I haven't given it my all, right? I haven't confessed to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can have an open relationship with God, but there's still things that you, you most likely won't tell him, right? And I feel like you get to a certain point in your life where where you will uh, eventually open up and just the floodgates will flow. Uh, and, that, and that's the time uh, that you make your confession, your whole your wholehearted confession. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with that. But when do you think that day is going to happen for you? Uh, I mean, I've had a pretty fortunate life that nothing traumatic has really happened to me. Um, but I, I would see, probably say in, in a traumatic event, uh, some, some hardship in my life, then, yeah. then that will probably happen. Uh, that happens a lot because what typically happens in a tragedy is you come to the real stark realization, uh-oh, I'm mortal. I'm not in control. Uh, and I think that there is going to become a day when I'm going to have to give an account. That's typically what happens. But might I just suggest to you, Brayden, to wait for that day would be to miss the point of what Christianity is about. It's not just, okay, when my traumatic time happens, then I'll confess my sins to God and I'm going to be good to go. That's not really what this is about. This is God desiring a relationship with sinners that we can know him. And until you're born again, you don't know God. In fact, the Bible actually says you're an enemy of God in your mind through wicked works. His wrath abides upon you. So you're out of sync with God and you can be in sync because of Jesus Christ. And that's the best thing that you can ever experience. So you can wait for a tragic day. You might die before then. And you'll be missing out every single day that goes by. You're going to be missing out having a cleansed conscience to knowing why you're here, why God made you, why you want to get into marketing, what the point of it is beyond just amassing a bunch of stuff that when you die gets given to everybody else and nobody cares about you anymore. It's pretty bleak, but when you repent, put your trust in Christ, life goes from black and white to technicolor. It's like, it all makes sense now. I get it. I understand why this place is the way that it is, what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what Christianity is about. So as you sit here on this bench and you've missed class, I'm grateful, first of all. Yeah. all right? Why would you wait to be born again? 
I, f- I feel like there would be some kind of relief. Like, like you said, uh, everything just makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause in, in this world that we're living today, nothing really truly makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like at that, at that point, everything will make sense. Um, and, and kind of give you that, that sense of just, wow, this is really what life's about. Right. Um, and so I kind of feel like that's the day I'm waiting for because I'm still I'm I'm young I'm figuring everything out still, um, and I, I feel like that's why I haven't mm. truly given right. it my all. Right. So then, what I would what I would do then, Braden, is I I'd like to actually plead with you to be more urgent about this because again, yep, you could die and go to hell, and that would be eternally tragic. But at the same time. This is an offer of kindness and of mercy and forgiveness, a cleansed conscience. All of that is just sitting in front of you in the person of Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't you reach out to him? Why wouldn't you call on his name today, not tomorrow, but like today so that you can be forgiven and know God? I think I've got some reasons. All right, I'm going to quiz you. All right, I've got some reasons. All right. I'm going to give you options and you can be as honest with me as you can be. All right. Here's, here's one reason that a lot of people go, yeah, that sounds good, but secretly there's some stuff that I do that I want to keep doing. And I know if I surrender to God, that stuff has got to go. And I choose that over Jesus. Is that a possibility? I would, I would say that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. So we found it pretty quick. Yeah. All right. Here's a quote from Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It would be better for a man to lose his hands and his feet than to be cast into hell. That's a challenge to your choice. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, that's definitely challenging what I, what I choose. And it's probably not the right choice uh, in God's plan, but uh, for living in the now and in the moment rather than surrendering, surrendering everything I have, uh, to, to the Lord, uh, I would probably choose living in the now. Could I boil it down this almost crudely? So you prefer whatever your secret sins are to being in a relationship with your creator. Fair. I want to take it to that extreme. You can still have a relationship, yet he'll forgive you for your sins, I believe. But the points you make, and I, I feel like there is some tension there, cause some some conflicts with, with both decisions uh, that, that either I have to make more choices to give up those things mm-hmm. uh, and, and progress, or, or just fully just be like, to help this, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm just thinking, let me let me try to frame it, and you can disagree with my framing of it, but God sent his son to die for sinners like you and me. That was his plan, that was his intention, his desire to save sinners. And here we are in the 21st century, and whatever your bag is, that's more attractive to you than that offer is. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you are choosing sin, which is pleasurable for a season. I grant you that there's some fun in sinning, but there's going to be a day of reckoning. And you know what the traumatic event is that that needs to happen for you, Braden? 
So you need to come in direct view of the way that God sees you and what your status is. You're a nice guy. You're probably going to do well in life. You're going to get your diploma. God will give you a wife. You'll have some kids and you'll live in the suburbs. You'll wear black socks, wingtips, and Bermuda shorts. It's going to be wonderful. Okay, stop. Black socks, Bermuda shorts, the suburbs. Okay, Todd, you're right. It doesn't get much better than that. (laughs) Maybe it does for you. (laughs) Okay, got to take a brief pause for the moment, but we will continue when we return listening in to Todd and Braden chat from Kennesaw State University. On Witness Wednesday, this is Wretched Radio. Not that we normally quote Joseph Stalin on Wretched. Nevertheless, he rightly said the death of one man is a tragedy. The death of millions is a statistic. We have to be so careful that our Christian hearts don't grow cold when we hear the statistic that one million babies die every year from abortions. We need to remember that is one baby at a time. That is one mommy. That is one child. That is even one Daddy. My choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. Ultrasounds save lives one baby at a time. How many ultrasounds could you provide through preborn.org slash wretched for just $28 per ultrasound? Please help save one baby at a time. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Question, do you also watch TV? All right, don't mock me. That's a legitimate question because some Christians don't and that's okay. But I did want you to remember that Wretched is also on TV. 135 Christian networks to be exact. Wretched TV is hosted, of course, by Todd Friel and is a daily 30-minute program containing live witnessing encounters and conversations about tough theology stuff. You can find us on TV, our website, wretched.org slash TV, and also on Roku, Amazon Prime, Truly, and Amazon Fire TV. And it's only possible by the kindness and generosity of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? You can help us continue making Wretched available to everyone and also help us in our mission to reach the lost, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. Find out how you can become a Wretched Gospel Partner just by visiting Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Good news? There are actually thousands of pastors in Germany. The bad news is they're not very equipped. Theological training in Germany and in Europe is so needed because you don't really get any formal training, not in a church or anywhere else. Being at a PMAI training center, probably the first time that you ever get any formal training, how to understand scripture, the church, and how to apply it in your own life. Germany is not the only nation that has a drought of qualified pastors, but the Masters Academy International is changing that one country at a time, currently in 17 nations with many seminaries, with graduates from the Master's Seminary, training indigenous men to rightly divide the word of truth. Would you please consider adopting your own seminary in one of 17 nations? Please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. 
What tends to come to mind when you think of heaven? Pillows of clouds, fat baby angels, the strumming of eternal harps. Don't feel bad if those are thoughts that you've had over the years, because honestly, the world and the media has portrayed heaven to be just that. Randy Alcorn, he's compiled 50 inspiring and thought-provoking devotions that will keep our minds focused on the things above. So do yourself a favor, avail yourself to Randy Alcorn's 50 Days of Heaven. It's available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called a fragrant offering. In the Old Testament, God required burnt offerings of meat and incense as a pleasing aroma. These sacrifices foreshadowed Jesus, the perfect offering that takes away the sins of the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks from the studio as we listen in to Todd on campus today at Kennesaw State University. We've been eavesdropping on him chatting with Brayden, who believes himself to be a Christian, but during their conversation, he has admitted that maybe he hasn't genuinely been born again. So Todd is now trying to break down the walls to help Brayden discover what could be holding him back. Let's listen in. And you are choosing sin, which is pleasurable for a season. I grant you that there's some fun in sinning, but there's going to be a day of reckoning. And you know what the traumatic event is that that needs to happen for you, Brayden? So you need to come in direct view of the way that God sees you and what your status is. You're a nice guy. You're probably going to do well in life. You're going to get your diploma. God will give you a wife. You'll have some kids and you'll live in the suburbs. You'll wear black socks, wingtips, and Bermuda shorts. It's going to be wonderful. All right. But you're choosing something that is against God's will for you because you, you, you want that more than the better thing. Why don't you want the better thing? You, you should get downwind from yourself on this and go, yikes, um, you know what? I'm not everything that I thought I was. Seeing yourself the way that God sees you, it should actually scare you, right? It should scare you. And the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So you said something interesting before. You said you're going to learn a bunch of stuff about God and then you're going to kind of come to the realization and you're going to get your act together. It's not the way it works. You come to the realization you don't have your act together. God is angry at you, but he offers mercy. That's when wisdom begins. That's when you start getting smart is once you realize the fear of the Lord. So my guess would be, Brayden, is, is you're lacking a fear of the Lord. Fair enough? Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Tell me everything you know about hell. Uh, it's a dark place. Nothing good goes on there. Um, you, you do all these tasks that, uh, that you wouldn't do in heaven, right? You're, you're kind of, you're just a worker to the man, I, I would say, right? Yeah, it's that, I think. And by the way, darkness is like a really terrible terrible thing you know if you've ever like woken up and it's really dark and you can't see anything and you try to walk and it's like you don't know if the ground is there and you freak out or you're going down the steps and you don't know if you made it to the bottom that's hell it's just an eternal free fall there's no light there's no stability it is everlasting 
conscious torment. Do you know who makes that happen? No. It's not the devil. Probably yourself, right? No? I can tell you. God. God does it? God runs hell. Not the devil. God. The devil's going to hell too. And so will all people whose sins aren't forgiven. The flames are kept hot because of God. It goes on for forever because of God. Because guilty criminals are getting what they've earned for themselves. Dude, that's that's currently your lot. Right? I want you to imagine something without getting mystical and weird here. What if in the middle of this little quadrangle here or whatever this thing is called, a mob of people came and there was a man carrying a big piece of wood. And they nailed his hands and his feet to the wood and then they propped him up in the air. And there he is languishing in front of you, dying because they've beaten him, they've whipped him, they've scourged him, which is basically a cat of nine tails. It's leather straps with like pottery and nails woven in. They whipped him with that. Now he's hanging on that cross and he shouts to you, I'm doing this for you, Brayden. How would you respond? I, that's, I mean... That's, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, I, I would personally feel like you shouldn't have to do that, that I should pay my own consequence, right? right. I mean, I, I feel like that's not fair. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it it's, uh, wasn't fair to him, but it's good news for us. Yeah. Here's the reality. That's what happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago. Stripped, beaten, you ever watch movies, you know, when somebody gets punched in the face, it goes, Psh, you know, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. doesn't sound like that. Have you ever heard somebody get punched? Oh, yeah. Like thud. And everybody goes, oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Okay, they beat him so that you couldn't even identify him as a human being. Whipped him, spat on him, mocked the one who actually made them and gives them life and breath. And then they hung him on a tree. And he wasn't being a victim. He volunteered. He marched to that cross. What I described for you on that quadrangle, it actually happened. A place called Golgotha on Calvary where Jesus died on a cross to save sinners. It actually happened. And so it's, it's as efficacious today as it was then. It's as real as if you were hanging there for sinners like you. Why would you reject his offer to come to him? I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm rejecting it. I would certainly want to help and and have that opportunity to help him. Um, personally, I, I I wouldn't know what to do. Mm. Right? It's just. I bet you would. Uh, if you understood that he was doing what you deserved, I think you'd know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I would help, I would try, mm. but at the, I, I'd feel guilty. Yeah. I'd feel guilty of, yeah. of why he's up there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I would probably die with that guilt, right? But that's the whole point. You don't have to. He bids you come. Come unto me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light because you don't work your way to heaven. He did that. He gets all the credit. 
and you get all the benefit. And that news, brain, it should, it should really kind of break you that God would do that for a sinner. And you would probably think, I owe that man my life. And you would no doubt be willing to follow him and do whatever he commanded you to do because he took that on your behalf. That's what it means to be born again. So maybe something for you to ponder is with part company. You've got to, I think, make a decision. Is everything we've been talking about here and that I've been kind of shooting at you, is it true? That's the question. There's definitely some reality to a lot of what you said, and there's a lot I'm going to ponder on after this um, and in the choices I've made. And I, f- I feel like there is more reality than than to what what the Bible says, too. Right. All right. So heavy stuff to think about. And I will tell you this. Uh, your professors probably won't appreciate it, but my opinion, this conversation was way more important than what you were going to get in information systems class. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. This, this is about your soul. Yeah. Right? This is about your eternity. So it's good that you learn, but this is the biggie. You've been confronted with the truth of the Bible. So now don't make the mistake of just letting it dwindle because you'll walk away from here. You'll get busy and distracted. You'll play ball in the middle of the field and you won't think about this. It's urgent. So think about it today being the day of salvation for you, where you can move from death to life, from darkness to light. Today's the day of salvation. Fair enough? That's fair. All right. Well, you're a gentleman, and you give me way more than five minutes, and I'm grateful. Of course. And that's it. That wraps up our time today. Man, these these chats, these Witness Wednesday encounters always seem to go much faster than we tend to realize. But I would say that this has been another highly successful Witness Wednesday. Anytime the gospel is proclaimed, that chat can be deemed a success. I would ask you to be in prayer for Drew and Braden both. Drew, Todd's first conversation, seemed to be a Christian who has a very strong desire to share his faith. So be praying that that fire doesn't fizzle and his hunger for God's word and to see people saved. Pray that hunger will continue to grow. And be also in prayer for Braden, young man who believes himself to be a Christian, but at this moment in time, has quite a different understanding of what it means to be born again and how God is going to judge people. Look, as Todd explained, there will be no scale of good and bad works in eternity. As a matter of fact, there are no good works. The only genuinely good work is that of Christ Jesus, and that's the only work we'll be judged by in the eyes of God. Not our own, but the works that Christ did on our behalf. So pray with me that Braden will come to the correct understanding of his role in salvation. Pray that he will understand that he brings nothing to the table but the sin that must be forgiven in order for him to be born again. Now that is going to do it. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you will come back and join us again tomorrow for another Wretched Radio. Until then, until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>